All right, it's uh, 5.07 at KTSA. It is Funky Friday, and it's also Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed. Jimmy's got his red on this morning, shining through. There's Don, there's Elaine, and the phones are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. And it is Friday. And, of course, um, in our lifetimes, we've never had a king uh, uh, of England. And now there's a king of England, and he will address the world today. Uh, that is uh, King Charles, obviously, will address the world today. In the wake of what we saw coming yesterday, uh, during this show, I began to talk about how it's very probable that she uh, had already passed away and they were waiting to give the official announcement till later on. The official announcement came shortly after 9 o'clock uh, yesterday morning. Seven decades. She was 96 years old, the Queen was. Preceded in death by her husband, Prince Philip, who spent more than seven decades by her side and supporting her. She He died in April 2021 at age 99. Elizabeth and Philip were married more than 70 years. They had four children, Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward. She was known to her family as Lilibet. Her walkabouts are of fame, worldwide fame. She stopped to shake hands and briefly chat with members of the public to reinforce her comment, I have to be seen to be believed. She loved, loved Corgis. She owned more than 30 during her life. She owned thoroughbred horses. She supposedly enjoyed gin. She enjoyed doing jigsaw puzzles. She encountered her share of adversity from wars to divorces to three or four children to the deaths, uh, three or four of her four children. And the 1997 death of her glamorous daughter-in-law, Princess Diana. And the 1992 fire that severely damaged Windsor Castle, one of her official residences. The constant throughout her life was her sense of duty and self-discipline. She was born April 21, 1926, named Elizabeth Alexandra Mary. Her younger sister, Margaret Rose. And as a child, she was considered sensible and well-behaved. And when her uncle... Edward VII, eighth, actually, abdicated in 1936 to marry um, American divorcee Wallace Simpson. Elizabeth's father became King George VI, and she was next in line for the throne. With the outbreak of World War II, Elizabeth and Margaret were moved to Balmoral Castle, which is in Scotland where she passed away yesterday, and then to Windsor Castle. In a broadcast to the British Commonwealth on her 21st birthday, she pledged, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it is long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Elizabeth was then on a trip with her husband to Kenya when she received word of her father's death, February 6, 1952. Uh, he died of cancer. Her coronation at Westminster Abbey on June 2, 1953. She saw public and voluntary service as one of the most important aspects of her role. She had links to more than 600 charities, military associations, and public service organizations. She was also known for her ability to keep her cool. In 1981, the Trooping of the Color Ceremony was happening to celebrate her birthday, and while she was riding her gigantic horse, six shots were fired from close range in her direction. They later turned out to be blanks, but... She was praised for keeping her poison, her cool, and keeping her horse under control. A year later, she awoke in her bedroom at the palace to find an intruder sitting at the end of her bed. She very calmly sat up, picked up the phone, called the police, and chatted with the man, the intruder, until the police arrived. She was also noted for her good health. In recent months, of course, that, that good health became a matter of public speculation when she was advised to cut back on cocktails for the sake of her health. <laughs> And, of course, COVID had taken its toll. Uh, on February of 2022, she tested positive for COVID. She experienced uh, cold-like symptoms. She was the most widely traveled British head of state and the longest married British monarch. She had ruled for longer than any other monarch in British history, becoming a much-loved and respected figure during her decades-long reign. She reached the milestone of 70 years on the throne on February 6, 2022, celebrating with the Platinum Jubilee in June to mark the occasion. Elizabeth is survived by four children, eight grandchildren, 12 great-grandchildren, her eldest son, Charles, 
is now the king of England. When she died yesterday, people looked up into the sky just above the castle. There were two rainbows, double rainbows. Operation Unicorn now in effect. What happens? What happens now? Well, her body will be taken via royal train to Edinburgh, and she's going to rest in state at the Palace of Holy Root House. Her coffin is going to be taken to St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh for a brief period of time. They're expected to be the main sites where mourners can pay their respects in Scotland. And then under the plans of what they call Operation Unicorn, the coffin will then make a final five-hour journey back to London on the royal train. After returning to the capital, her body will then uh, be taken to the throne room of Buckingham Palace. Now, the uh, London Bridge and how this changes Operation London Bridge, Operation London Bridge is the all-hands-on protocol that is in place if the Queen is to die in London to set in motion a 10-day mourning period ahead of the funeral, which is underway right now. The funeral is coming up on the 19th. After the initial events of Operation Unicorn are carried out and the Queen's body arrives back in London from Scotland, Operation London Bridge will proceed. The London Bridge plan will see the Queen's coffin rest at Buckingham Palace for three days before a procession through London to the Palace of Westminster, where Parliament sits. A service will be held at Westminster Hall when the coffin arrives and the Queen will lie in state there for an additional three days. Under that plan, the Queen's funeral will take place at Westminster Abbey ten days after her death. Again, that's uh, September 19th. Operation London Bridge set to launch immediately upon her death. And, of course, the words London Bridge is falling down can be heard in London. Her grandeur, her grace, her subtle diplomacy, her stewardship of the monarchy itself in the modern age, and all of that's going to be scrutinized, analyzed in the days ahead. In an era of exceptionally rancorous public discourse, her private politics, if she had any, were a mystery. In Britain, as well as uh, in America, her personal popularity transcended social class as well as part partisanship. She's seen it all, she's heard it all in 70 years. She's been a part of the fabric of American culture for so long, played her equivocal role with such skill, that her death reminds us of a loss of a passage of an age that had a more simpler time to it. She devoted her life to duty, putting service to her country above all else. She was noble, she was dignified, she was humble, and intensely private. Uniquely for world leaders, she never gave a single real interview, preferring to let her actions and her few public words speak for her, which they did very powerfully. She worked strictly to the simple philosophy handed down from her mother, the Queen Mother, never complain, never explain, and, and uh, speak rarely in public. She never chased celebrity, although it chased her. Now, that didn't stop, and it didn't take long, for the usual ghouls over at MSNBC to find somebody to hate on her. On MSNBC's The Readout, The Joy Reid Show, you knew it would come from Joy Reid, one of the most detestable human beings on planet Earth, a guest by the name of Shola Mashagbamimu. Mashagbamimu said the late Queen Elizabeth II would have more legitimacy and credibility if she had been more visible against racial injustice and inequality in Britain. She obviously didn't know what the Queen did there. She's ignorant. This uh, Shola Mashag Bamimu is an ignorant person. She has no idea. But she went on to say that the British Empire was a colonizing empire, which made her a colonizer queen. That's from Moshag Bamimu on the Joy Reid Show. Well, I'm going to explain the colonization of the British Empire. We'll do that here in just a little while. Jeff Bezos uh, pushed back after a Carnegie Mellon professor said this. I heard the chief monarch of a thriving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. That's from Yuju Anya. Yuju Anya. That's a professor of second language acquisition at Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, then Jeff Bezos stepped in and said, this is someone supposedly working to make the world better? I don't think so. Wow. And then Anya responded by criticizing Bezos and his merciless greed. But point is, it didn't take <clears throat> those outlets long to find people to uh, call her names and uh, to uh, besmirch her. And it's not lost on Americans, and Jimmy hears that irony. It's not lost on Americans that on this day, September 9th, 1776, the American colonies became the United States of America. September 9th, 
1776. I'm going to take you behind the story on that one, too. There was a shooting at a park in Uvalde yesterday. Had absolutely nothing to do with the school. Had absolutely nothing to do with the kiddos at the school. Police say that gangbangers had been going at it for months, and they met up at this memorial park, and they shot at each other. Well, I hope they got each other. Be fine with me if they took each other out. That's just fine. Yeah, just go ahead, you know. Get get after it, gangbangers, and take each other out. If you're shooting each other, uh, take take yourselves off the planet. That would do well for the rest of us. Biden says that the midterms about are about giving him the ability to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. <laughs> we got that one for you this morning. And, of course, the absolute tra- travesty that's going on at our border increased yesterday. The numbers are out of control. I got details about that coming up for you as well. Trey Ware, KTSA. America. It's 522 at 550 KTSA, FM 1071, the Ware page, KTSA.com as well. Well, the um, the uh, Operation Game Thief Skeet Shoot at the National Sporting Clays happens today at 8 a.m. If you want to head on over there and participate, that supports the Texas Game Wardens. It's going to be a good time. And then tomorrow, the Guardians of the Children uh, get-together is happening out at uh, Helotus State Fair Park. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you can get out there and support them as well in the great work that the guardians or the children do. Well, Biden says uh, the midterms are about giving him the ability to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. In fact, if you listen to our overnight news, the guy from ABC says Biden is going to save the world from these bad guns that are on the streets by taking them away. But he must have the Democrats in power after the midterms. If uh, if the Democrats remain in power in the in the uh, Senate and the, and the House, then Biden will be able to get his legislation done or do it by fiat and not be challenged by the democrat congress that's as he's doing most of this acting as a monarch here in the united states and um and and would be able to ban start banning guns he will begin with rifles uh that he thinks look uh scary uh and he calls them weapons of war he calls them assault weapons so he's going to begin by banning those immediately he says and then expand the uh the gun confiscation so just so you'll know that's on the radar screen if if there is not a hunt for red november if there is not a huge turnout and a big change and if the democrats remain in power after november then joe biden has already said and he's campaigning on this issue he's going around the country telling democrats that the gun confiscation program begins, and he'll be able to get the work done if he has a Democrat Congress to back him in that work. Meanwhile, 800 illegal immigrants crossed into the Texas border town in three hours yesterday. Two separate migrant groups totaling more than 800 yesterday. This has become commonplace, folks. And just so you'll know, Corinne Jean-Pierre telling the the world just a couple of days ago that they don't walk into the country that doesn't happen they come flying in in airplanes i know corinne they came walking across the water and they quickly surrendered yesterday 800 of them in less than three hours agents on the scene saying that they will be released into the states to pursue asylum claims another large group of nearly 300 waited uh, to authorities yesterday as well so the border patrol's del rio sector has led the nation in these uh, numbers of folks that are crossing over now we're up to between 800 and and 1100 in three hours time that are coming in so you can see if that's a three-hour count you're talking about many many thousands in a day in eagle pass recent rains have caused the rio grande to swell and last week 13 drowned during a single crossing event we told you about that uh this week expect more to die coming into the country uh, we have uh, reached out to the biden administration uh for an answer to all of this and they've told us just get lost you know, get lost we're not interested in talking about what's going on at the border Meanwhile, Washington, D.C. Mayor Mario Bowser has declared a state of emergency in Washington, D.C. Over 11,000 illegal border crossers who have arrived on buses from Texas and Arizona. That's, again, a fraction of the number that we have here. We're talking, uh, in a month's period, close to 200,000 pouring into Texas. So 11,000 in D.C. is nada. This is a poquito. Bowser said... The emergency shall uh, will allow the state to allocate $10 million in your money to take care of these folks, to put them up, to feed them, to house them, 
give them health care and all that. Joe Biden's Pentagon has twice rejected Bowser's pleas to deploy the D.C. National Guard with the wave of illegal immigration to the region. Biden officials saying now that they are very worried about the optics of pro-sanctuary city Democrats like Bowser and Adams and the others sounding the alarm on illegal immigration. Bowser calling Abbott's migrant buses to D.C. a tipping point for the city, and it's a real crisis. So if they were to send the National Guard over to help, that would be admitting that there's a crisis. So they're not going to do it. The nearly 11,000 border crossers who have arrived in D.C. since the beginning of the summer is a small fraction of what we've seen, about 5,100 border crossers and illegal aliens flooding into te- single Texas border sector over the, uh, over the Labor Day weekend this past weekend. Uh, the Biden administration is continuing to release any of the United States interior border crossers who test positive for the COVID Chinese coronavirus. Bombshell emails that Breitbart News has uncovered showing top Department of Homeland Security officials signing off on the release of COVID-positive border crossers into the United States. Bowser saying this. This is what we know. The crisis at the border is not lessening. It is getting worse. Hundreds more uh, buses are going to arrive in the fall. You betcha, baby. We're going to keep sending them. And now they've got a anti-ICE pro-sanctuary city D.C. official, Brianne Nadeau. She's a Democrat. She's on their city council up there. Is now blaming the GOC, GOP states of uh, Arizona and Florida and, of course, Texas, calling Washington, D.C. a border town and causing a crisis and saying that they are now a border town and they've got all these terrible people among the streets of Washington, D.C. Well, i got to tell you something. I've been to D.C. many, many times. There have been people sleeping and pooping all over the streets of D.C. for decades, all right? so But, you know, this serves you right. The lawmakers in D.C. and you, sanctuary city, anti-ice people, you need to experience this yourselves, and I'm glad that you are. All right, so when we come back, September 9th, 1776 was a big day, and it's kind of ironic that it comes on this day. More details coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, white boy, <laughs> play that funky music, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Is this song racist now? Do we have to cancel this song? Play that funky music, Man, you I, I hope white not. boy. It's one of my favorite songs ever. It, at least it wasn't play that funky music, you cracker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then it really would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't think that was the case back in the 70s. No, man. You know what? And Ron Perissi wrote this song. That so. was the thing. Back then, nobody cared. You know, no. we just it wasn't a big deal, and nobody was worried about canceling. I was just reading how the Department of Interior yesterday, and not to rant on this right now because I'm going to do that later. Department of Interior removing the word squaw from more than 80 800 locations in federal land you don't get to change history you just don't and and by the way that means woman or wife that's what it meant to the guys back then it was not slang back then in modern times we're calling that slang but to them that was like saying wife woman wife woman wife woman but today we in our infinite here i am ranting on it i said i'm gonna do that but we in our infinite wisdom say oh they were hurt by that so we're gonna remove that word well we don't get to decide who got hurt by what words you know back then plus you know quit canceling words quit changing just stop changing history and quit canceling words okay because this is just utter ridiculous first of all the canceling of history and changing of history it's absolutely wrong. It is Orwellian. It is stupid. It is it is just unbelievable. But if you're if you're offended by a word, then just get over your own offense. Get it off your shoulder, man. Move the, on. The definition of words lie within the individual hearing the word. There you go. So there, but very good. There's some wisdom right there. So anyway, play that funky music, you cracker, <laughs> you white boy. <sighs> well, you know listening to interviews with the guy who wrote that song over the years that was something that somebody actually said to him oh yeah and instead of being offended he wrote, know, made a song out of it wrote a song and here we are nearly 50 years later and he's still making a lot of money i still thing, play so. that song on the motorcycle when yeah. i ride the motorcycle i turn it up loud man and it's not like it's a you know people are like oh that's an uncool song i put on some ozzy Oh, so they said that last night, didn't they, huh? Yeah, Ozzy did the halftime show at the uh, first game of the season. Uh-huh. NBC 
Cut it short, 10, uh-huh. 10 whole seconds. Right. So the fans went crazy because they wanted to see Ozzy. Ozzy yeah. didn't look like he really knew where he was, but that's okay. He never has. Yeah, it, it's been the case since you know the 70s. Right, right. right. He, he went on a bad trip and never came back. The train yeah. didn't come back to the station, The did crazy it? train, yeah. <laughs> He's still on the crazy train, dude. But uh, what do you think about Josh Allen? I think he's the real deal this year. You got to worry. Are you worried yeah. about that? That little thing on your wrist? Is it worried about? Oh, it? Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a serious threat. To I was thinking about this morning. This I haven't heard about Bill Belichick this year. No, no. that Josh Allen kid, legit MVP candidate. Yeah. Easy. You know what? I think so he's good. the best in the league. I think he's better than Aaron Rodgers. I think he's better than TB. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. At because point, he has the athleticism, right? You saw that play of him diving over oh, the goal my line. My God! Only maybe two other quarterbacks in the league can do that. Who? Who could do that? Lamar Jackson is the first one that. Pops yeah, but he in won't. Him. See, he's got. You're right. Maybe he's, Mahomes. Maybe. See and see, okay, both you guys are. Right, but on Mahomes' part, Andy's gotten into his head saying, "You need to extend your career. You need to chill it out. Don't get yeah. hurt." So right. he, you know, when he when it's close to being trouble, he's like, "Oh, I'm down. I'm out. I'm out of bounds. I'm down. I'm out." He used to take hits, okay. And with Lamar Jackson, Lamar gives up too easily. He yeah. used to be like, "I'm charging through, baby," and now uh, he gives first, up. Jackson's he, first year in the league was incredible. Oh, I thought he was going to be the uh, the I one of was all the guy. time. Yeah. Yes, but he's not built like. Allen, Allen's a yeah, tree trunk. That huge, dude's solid. Dude. He is huge, and he he's like did a tight that. end. They're calling it a dunk, like a basketball <laughs> dunk. That's what they're calling last night's play. Yep. If you didn't see it, guys, uh, and 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 you know, just indulge us for a minute here because we're football guys here. But he, he, about the three yard line, he leaves his feet. He's being hit in the torso. Palm, I mean, palm the ball. He had the one hand on the ball, and he's being hit in the torso. And as he's hit, I mean, he's taking a full-on. This was not just a little arm tackle. The guy was blasting him in From the torso. From a grown-ass man. That's right, yes. He reaches across with the ball across the goal line and scores and pulls the ball back. It was the, one of the most amazing touchdowns I've ever seen, probably ever in the history of the game. I'm a Cowboys fan, have been for life. Me too. But I appreciate good football, and the Bills are playing really good ball. You know, they, there's a, a they're real game. deal. Yeah, we got. Did you see Diggs and the catches he was making last night? And J- Josh Allen is putting a ball right in this two inch space, man. And Diggs is grabbing it and spinning around and staying in bounds after securing a ball. A- amazing play from those guys last yeah. night. And the cool thing about I'm no Bills fan. I Me mean, they, either. They've been a thorn in my side for my entire life. Yeah. Uh, they, it, this this group has been gradually building into something great. That's right. You know, over the last few years since since he came on, uh, you've just watched them progress and get better and better and better. And last year, uh, at some point, I, I looked at my son and I said, "They're going to the Super Bowl." They this are year. going. You know, they are. Going. I thought so last season. Yeah, um, but I think this year they probably stand a better chance. I think they. Of course, will. it's only we've only seen one game. Right, right. right. It's a long season. Yeah, we got right. seventeen, sixteen more games to go. That's right. Um, anything could happen. But they held the. But they, they, they the champs. They held them down to they ten did. points. Yeah. at home. That's yeah. the scary part. Is their defense is playing better than their offense, and the offense is amazing. Well, it goes without saying, if they continue to do what they did last night, it's it's all yeah. it's all away, man. They, right. you know, they'll be playing in February. If yeah. they do what they did last night, yep. like you said, though, it's a long season, it's up and down and all that kind of stuff. And I'm no Bills fan either. I, I like old Jim Kelly. I like the fight that he's been given up re- recently or given uh, recently yep. to, to the cancer and st- staying alive the way he has. I mean, yep. you know, and I remember the Marv Levy and, and, and Jim Kelly days, man, and uh, Thurman Thomas and, you know, those that, that – Bruce and, and all those guys, yeah, four Super Bowl appearances and never won, man. They were always second. Yeah, you know, always came up a little. Always short. came up just a little bit short, man. But in a row, that is yeah. the amazing stat to me. Doesn't make. happen, does it? Four. Well, they they won, went to the Super Bowl four times in yeah. a row, is it? And they, yeah. yep. Came up short every time. Well, I was I was okay with it because I think a couple yeah, yeah. of them were the Cowboys. A couple right? of them you didn't mind, yeah. <laughs> I was good with a couple of them. Yeah, but that so one, was Troy Aikman. Yeah, that, one, that first one against the Giants, though, I thought that was theirs. I did too, man. Yep. And so did Jim Kelly. He was yep. shocked by the way that one. T- well, we all were. Yep. Anyway, okay, so that's our football for the next six years. We just did it right here. Yep, one second. <laughs> well, it started last night, so it's a relevant conversation. Yeah. And by the way, they really and Sean asked me yesterday on Warren and Rima, are they or after we were done, he said are they still doing all that political BS cuz I turned off football when that was going on. They don't do it like they did. 
right? So I, I think they're still messing around with some of the PC stuff and all that, but uh, they have backed off that whole anti-cop, anti-America, anti-this, that, and stu- stuff that they were doing for quite some time. Okay, let me dive into a very interesting day real quick before I take the break, because I promised you I'd get you this information. This day is September 9th. Now, this is kind of an ironic scene because of the death of the Queen yesterday, and we have more to say about her. Earlier in this hour, I read the complete obituary about her that I put together, some notes that I made. And it was very, uh, you know, I, I thought it was incredible that there was a double rainbow over the castle yesterday. I mean, how how fitting uh, of, a, of a tribute from the heavens than that. And a beautiful lady of style and grace and comported herself so well for 70 years, uh, treating everyone as equals, regardless of what the scumbags that they dug up to put on MSNBC yesterday had to say about her. Consider the source, that's MSNBC. They're always going to fall to the lowest common denominator. They're always going to fall to name-calling and besmirching of people's excellent careers. And they find these no-name people like Machu Gambu and Anaya Haba Haba Huba. To, to say these things that mean nothing. So these people are no names. They uh, they, they scrape the bottom of the barrel to besperch a, a very beautiful lady. But here's an interesting uh, little ironic note. On this day, September 9th, 1776, the American colonies became known as the United States of America, formally created by an act of the Second Continental Congress. The Cong- congressional decree stated, quote, that in all continental commissions, and other instruments where heretofore the words United Colonies have been used, the style be altered for the future to the United States. The moniker United States of America has remained since as a symbol of freedom and independence. So in the document, it begins by stating that unanimous declaration of 13 states in the United States of America, and after enumerating the lengthy list of grievances against Great Britain, there were 56 signatories stating, We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, solemnly publish and declare that the United Colonies are and the right ought to be free and independent states. The British invaded Brooklyn less than three weeks before the declaration was made with a dramatic amphibious landing there. August 22nd, the Redcoats routed George Washington's troops. The Battle of Brooklyn, uh, August 27th. Uh, Washington's army, as you know from your history books, escaped across the East River to Manhattan under the cover of darkness and a well-timed fog, also coming from the heavens. And then the Americans were badly routed through much of 1776. And then, of course, later on Christmas night, we had George Washington crossing the Delaware and a surprise victory over the mercenaries in Trenton, New Jersey. But it was on this day, September 9, 1776, that we formally became known as the United States of America. More on the Queen coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. Miss of the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. For all you super freaks, it's Friday. That'll make you feel good. Turn it up. She's a that we could work half days on Friday? And don't you wish... See, if I were assuming the throne, I would make this a decree from the king, King Trey I. King Trey I would say, half days on Friday, and the hours to be worked are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Ha-ha! So you don't have to get up early. And you're out of there early, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Friday. That's it. It's a half day every Friday. Declared and decreed by King Trey I. Queen Elizabeth at the Alamo. Great picture uh, posted this morning by Lee Spencer White, my friend, who loves the Alamo, loves the Cenotaph, loves that whole area down there. Lee, that's a wonderful picture. There is Queen Elizabeth II at uh, at the Alamo. Some time ago, by the way, the picture is in uh, black and white. Seven decades, she served the people of Great Britain. She was 96 when she passed away yesterday. We were telling you about it yesterday morning here on this show that it looked uh, like she uh, was uh, m- meeting the end or coming to the end and most likely had already met the end and had not. Uh, they had not made the official announcement. Preceded in death, obviously, by her husband, Prince Philip. He died April of 21 
at age 99, and he was with her more than 70 years, more than 70 years. Four children, Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew, and Prince Edward. She was known to her family as Lilibet. And, of course, she started this great tradition over there, and we'll see if it continues on with her son. But walkabouts, she would stop, shake hands, briefly chat with members of the public, saying, I have to be seen to be believed. Hmm. She loved uh, corgis. She owned more than 30 corgis. Well, not at one time, but throughout her reign and her life. She loved thoroughbred horses. She loved gin. She would have a cocktail daily. She also encountered her share of adversity, from wars to divorces. Three of her four children were divorced. The 1997 death of her glamorous daughter-in-law, Princess Diana. The 92 fire that severely damaged Windsor Castle, one of her official residences. And the constant throughout her life was, of course, her sense of duty and self-discipline. She met with 13 United States presidents. I believe there were 17 prime ministers that served under her or with her. Born April 21st, 1926, name Elizabeth Alexandra Mary. Her young sister was Margaret Rose. And as a child, she was considered sensible, well-behaved. Her uncle, Edward VIII, abdicated in 1937 to marry marry an American divorcee. And her father uh, became King George VI, and she was the next in line for throne. And when World War II broke out, Elizabeth and Margaret were moved to Balmoral Castle in Scotland, then subsequently to Windsor Castle. In a, in a, a broadcast she made to the British Commonwealth on her 21st birthday, she said, I declare before you all my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. She was on a trip with her husband to Kenya in 1952 when her father died of cancer in February. And then she was brought back to England, and uh, her coronation happened June 2nd, 1953. She saw public and voluntary service as one of the most important aspects of her role. More than 600 charities, military associations, public service organizations uh, she was involved with. She was also known for her ability to keep her cool. In 1981, I remember seeing this, the Trooping of the Color Ceremony, celebrating her birthday. She was riding her horse, and six shots as she rode down the mall, six shots rang out. Shots ended up, in the end, being from a blank, but she never lost her cool. She never flinched. The the horse did, and she kept the horse under control. And then a year later, she woke up, and there was a stranger sitting on her bed. An intruder had gotten inside the castle. She very calmly sat up, picked up the phone, called the police, and chatted with the, the man until the police got there. She was also noted for her good health, but in recent months, she had been told to maybe lay off the cocktails a little bit. In February 2022, It was announced she tested positive for COVID. She really wasn't much the same after that. And I'll put the emotional um, caveat in here as well. When you have been married to someone that long, uh, Nancy and I are at 38 years, I believe it is, but uh, coming up, no, yeah, it'll be, no, 39 is coming up on 40 uh, in next year. So when you've been married to somebody for over 70 years and you lose that companion, a lot of times you just feel like it's time for you to go as well. I've seen it in grandparents, uh, Nancy's grandparents, uh, as an example. Uh, he went first, and then just a few months later she went. They had been married for like 60-some-odd years. So Geriatric psychology that typically happens within 12 to 18 months of the passing of the other person. There you go. George Bush and Barbara Bush. That's exactly right. Yeah, I forgot so about them. That's right. It's, this is very typical, yeah. and it's especially because of the length yeah. And the loss that you feel, it's typically, yeah. this this happens. Very well said. Man. Thank yeah. you. My, my grandparents were that way. W- were they? He, he died, and then she passed about three weeks later. You know, mine were too. Yeah. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's, and yeah. it wasn't that long after that. My grandmother said, well, you know, they'd been right. married forever. Yeah. Forever. So. Yeah. so, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that that's exactly what caused it, but, you know, that's a, that's a major factor in it. I know? totally believe that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, quick break. More uh, coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. 107. Let's get funky. Come on. Lake Slide. Let's do this fantastic voyage for a Friday, shall we? Mm. Say what? 
Has it been a while? How long has it been since you've been on a fantastic voyage, huh? Hmm? Well, I don't remember. See? <laughs> it was that good. I don't that, remember. It's too long. <laughs> you need to go again. Yeah, right. I think it was actually on a lobster boat, but I'm not sure. Well, you give it about uh, <laughs> six more hours, and you'll be done for the weekend, yeah. and you can go on your fantastic voyage, huh? Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to go, but it sounds good to me. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not the destination. It's the voyage. I keep trying to tell you guys that. That's a saying we have in, in Harley World. It's not the destination. It's a ride, baby. Yeah. I don't care where we end up. It's a ride. Just get there. You got that right. Yeah. So we've been talking about the Queen this morning. Obviously, everybody's talking about the Queen this morning. I made some notes, and a couple of times last hour I went through those notes, and I'll do it again. But she had great grace, uh, subtle diplomacy, great stewardship of the monarchy itself in the modern age. That's going to be scrutinized, analyzed in the days ahead, of course. We live, of course, in an era of rancorous uh, public discourse. Her private politics, if she had any, were a mystery. In Britain, as well as America, her personal popularity transcended all the social class as well as the partisanship. She saw it all, she heard it all in more than 70 years. And she has been a part of American culture for that entire time. She devoted her life to duty, to putting service to country above all else, she was noble, dignified, humble, and intensely private. And uniquely for world leaders, she never gave a single real interview, by the way. She preferred to let her actions and few public words speak for her. Her mom, the Queen Mother, said, never complain, never explain, and speak rarely in public. She never chased the celebrity aspect of her life. It chased her, obviously, because of the position that, that she was in. Um, g- going to the throne 70 years ago, and seeing so many different prime ministers from Winston Churchill to all of the others that we know in contemporary life today. And in fact, her last official duty two days before she died was to bless and to welcome the brand new prime minister of uh, England. And uh, she did. And then two days later, yesterday, she passed away at the age of 96. Um, what a life, uh, what a legacy she's going she's gonna to leave behind. Jimmy just told me off the air, he said, you know, you're going to be the last world leader that the world is going to mourn, and I wouldn't doubt that. I really wouldn't. Um, we didn't take MSNBC and Joy Reid and those, you know, uh, bottle-the-barrel uh, scumbags long enough to come up with people that you don't know, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you their names, Shola Mashagobumbo, who is that, right, who said that the British Empire was a colonizing empire, and then some professor from Carnegie Mellon by the name of Uju Anya, so you don't know any of these people, right? And saying that may her pain be, may the queen's pain be excruciating. Th- this is exactly immediately where MSNBC always goes and where the Democrats go, and you have to know that. Well, let me just sum up a little bit of what, and Tucker Carlson said it better than I could ever say it in his piece last night, his monologue last night. He He started off by saying that in her coronation in 1953, She gave a speech where she said, I want to ask you all, whatever your religion may be, to pray for me, to pray that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making, and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. And as far as we can tell, in every action that she took since then, she did exactly that, tried to fulfill those exact words as a very humble servant of the people of Great Britain and, uh, of course, of her God. Uh, Britain wasn't always what it is today. Today it's just turned basically into a refugee camp where they've opened the doors like we have. They've allowed a bunch of illegal immigration to come into the country, and the country has gone way downhill. But it was a real place with a history and a language and a culture and a remarkable people, a country in the North Atlantic about the size of Alabama that ended up dominating the world. And no, the empire was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and me being a patriot of the United States of America, that's what I consider myself, that, yes, I mean, we wanted to separate from Great Britain. But for, for reasons deeper than maybe you were taught in school, and we'll get into that at some time. But, of course, you've got the usual ghouls out there on social media and on MSNBC saying, I hope she dies of painful excruciating death and she was nothing but an imperialist and all of those kinds of things. 
Well, the British Empire was not perfect at all, but what did they leave behind? Uganda, when the British Empire left, when, when Britain left, got Idi Amin. He was a cannibal. He ate his people. Rhodesia became Zimbabwe and the poorest country on the planet, and they've got a racist lunatic over there by the name of, do you remember Robert Mugabe? South Africa is being run into the ground by an incompetent kleptocratic called Cyril Ramaphosa, happening right now as we speak. Africa has a new master, the Chinese government, and the Chinese government is now enslaving the people of Africa. And now, look, in an ideal world, we would not have imperialism. We would not have big countries. We wouldn't have empires or sovereign nations, you know, in a, in, in, in a perfect world. But we've had that since the Assyrians 1,400 years before Christ. The world that we live in, yes, strong countries do dominate the weaker countries, and there's no sign that that is going to change. But a couple of examples that are in our real world today, when the U.S. government withdrew from Afghanistan last year, 20 years there, we left airstrips, shipping containers, and guns. When the British pulled out of India, they left behind an entire civilization. They had taken a very rudimentary people, and they left a language. They left a lingual system. They left schools and churches and public buildings, all of which is in use today. In fact, today, India is stronger economically and more powerful than, after 75 years of independence, than England is. So despite what they may be claiming on Twitter about the British Empire, just about genocide and imperialism, in fact, the British did not commit genocide. The British Empire spread Protestant Christianity to the entire world. And that's probably, probably what's under the skin of most of these people. They're probably really ticked off that the British Empire spread Christianity to the civilized world. It published some of the greatest literature ever written. You know the names. I could say them over and over again. You could start with Shakespeare and go from there. Produced some of the finest manufacturing goods ever made anywhere at any time, including now. An impressive place run by impressive people, and one of them passed away yesterday. Now, true, the people who would like to run the world in a far harsher way would like to make certain that you don't know about these very fine people of a time gone by. They don't want you to think about the Roosevelts. They don't want you to think about the Lincolns. They don't want you to think about the Jeffersons or the Queen Elizabeth II. They don't want you to think about those people or Winston Churchill. That's why they tear down their statues. That's why they destroy their memories in the classroom. That's exactly why they do that. But we will pause today, off and on throughout the day. It's not going to be a whole day about the Queen, but we'll pause today to remember a lady of style and grace and class who led her country through some very, very challenging times, beginning at the age of 26. When most 26-year-olds today can't find their butt with both hands, she led her country, and indeed the world, with style and grace. Her son, King Charles III, is departing Scotland for Buckingham right now. He's going to give a speech here today. And, of course, if we can carry it, we most certainly will attempt to do so. 616, got to take a quick break. When we come back, traffic and AccuWeather for you. And the Red November that I keep talking about, the hunt for Red November, a reason, another reason why it's super important that the red wave be huge in November. Our kids are dying as a result of the Biden administration's policies. I'll explain coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. 7 1. Funky Friday. It's Red Friday. Remember to wear red today. Remember everyone deployed. 621, Trey Ware. KTSA 210-599-5555, 210 Trey Ware Check that out as well. So I like to stick with the points that are very important for the hunt for red in November. And that's what we're on. We're on the hunt for the red in November, and I certainly hope it is absolutely huge. You've heard me say this over and over again. Get out and vote Republican. Vote against the Democrats. Make sure that every Democrat that is on the ballot is dispatched and they end up in the soup uh, kitchen line. No, I'm not kidding about that. I want them to all be unemployed. Every single Democrat that is on the ballot needs to be unemployed. 
Joe Biden said it again yesterday. He's reiterating his multi-point plan if they win and secure the House and Senate in November. He said yesterday he's going to begin taking guns away. He's going to start with what he calls assault weapons. That's nothing but a rifle, folks. It's scary looking to him, so he's got to take it off the streets. But it's nothing but a rifle. You still have to squeeze the trigger one time to get a bullet to come out. That's how it works. And he's going to start there, he says, and then move on and expand gun confiscation and gun rules for law-abiding citizens. Now, that's really smart right now when you have guys roaming the streets of places like Memphis, Tennessee, and Facebook living as they kill innocent people filling up their cars with gasoline. That's really smart to take their guns away, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what this president wants to do. Why? Because he has to dominate you. In order for your life to suck as bad as his does, and all Democrats do, in order for them to impose their rule over you, you can't be armed. So he said it yesterday. So that's one of the issues. Economy, inflation, the fact that when you're going to the grocery store now, you're paying tons more than you were in the Trump administration. The Biden-engineered energy crisis, it was just two days ago, he took another 58,000 acres of land out of production, oil production here in the United States. Open borders, that is killing people. Soaring crime in the streets. Rampant drug deaths. And let me just camp out on that one for just a minute. Rampant drug deaths in our streets. Headline, Texas School District confirms fourth student killed by fentanyl. A precious child. I know this is heavy for 623 in the morning, but this is the time when you guys are driving in, you're staring at red brake lights right now, and I just want to, again, impress upon you, if I can, to speak to your children about this junk that's out there it's called fentanyl okay and they may be thinking that they're getting their hands on a xanax because that's what they asked the the hookup for or a hydrocodone because that's what they asked the hookup for but but they're not the vast majority of the stuff that's being peddled to our children right now is fentanyl it is killing our children everywhere across this country I can't, I can't stress enough how important it is for parents to have these conversations with their kids. Officials with Hayes Consolidated Independent School District in Texas lost another student to a fentanyl overdose. That's four students, four, who have now died of fentanyl or suspected fentanyl in just a few months, according to the school district yesterday. In a letter from the school district, they posted yesterday, Officials said an autopsy determined that this 15-year-old died of a fentanyl overdose since the summer, since the summer, the past couple of months. Four Hayes students have died from likely fentanyl poisoning. In just the last week, there were two students who were administered Narcan by paramedics in Kyle. That's what, 30 minutes north of here? Kyle? They would have been seniors in high school this year. The amount of fentanyl authority seized across the nation tripled in July, according to Customs and Border Protection. The amount that they seized in July alone was enough to kill 469 million people. The Biden administration is breaking records, and this lays this is right in his lap. These deaths are right in his lap. Why? Because he's not controlling the border, because he refuses to control the border. Fentanyl, if you're not familiar with it, synthetic opioid, 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine. And now it comes out of China through the cartels in Mexico, and it, they're making it to look like sweethearts. Sweet tarts. So the kids will grab a handful, put it in their mouth, and one little tiny, tiny, tiny piece of it can kill them, much less a handful. Steve, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead. Good morning, Trey. Thank you for taking my call. Democrats really, truly are insanely evil. They are. It's gotten to the point to where they are insanely evil. And, 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 and I believe this fentanyl is the number one killer of young men and women across the United States of America today. That is right. They care, not one, they care not one bit. And I want to apologize to everyone for my thoughts. Because when I hear stories like this, when I hear stories about that young woman that was kidnapped, uh, raped and murdered in Memphis, when I hear stories about that, that uh, rogue killer that went out and killed a bunch of people in Memphis, my, I can't. I can no longer help it. I can't. I can't do anything about it. My first thought is, I wonder how that young woman voted. I wonder how her loved ones who are attending her funeral voted. I wonder how the parents of these children who are dying of fentanyl how they voted. I wonder how those victims of that of that spree shooter in Memphis uh, 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 
who killed everybody. I wonder how the, the, the victims of that shooting, how they voted. No, you're right on, Steve. How you vote, how you vote matters. Absolutely. And I tell people when I'm debating this, I tell them all the time, if you want more of this, vote Democrat. And that's just the bottom line. If you want more high prices, if you want more no energy, if you want more open border, if you want more death, destruction, mayhem, and murder, crime and criminal activity, you have to vote Democrat. That's what will get you there. That's exactly right. Good stuff, Steve. Thank you again, man. Appreciate your call, as always. Woody, go ahead. You're on KTSA. Happy Friday, man. Happy Friday to you. Hey, I got a question. You know, so much coverage is going toward uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth right now. Why don't we cover what's going on in America? I mean, why should, I mean, God bless her, but why should I care about what's going on over in England when everything's going over here, the high inflation, uh, the fuel crisis, everything? I mean, why should I care about Queen Elizabeth? I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful. No, you're not. But That's a good question. It's an honest question, and there's nothing wrong with you asking the question. You're right. If you watch the networks, if you watch even Fox, they're doing an overabundance of it. In my view, uh, they've they've gone over the top. I think what's happened, uh, to answer your question, Woody, I think what's going on is the media has realized that the red wave, the, the hunt for red November, is a fact and that it's coming and the Democrats are going to be decimated. So they want to change the story wherever they can. They want to, they want to put it on Trump. You know, they want everybody focused on Trump, which they've been doing. They want everybody now focused on the Queen and everything else that's going on. Um, I, I, I'm tipping my hat to the Queen and talking about her a little bit this morning because it is the number one news story and that's what I, that's what I talk about. But I'm still coming back and still camping out on the issues that matter to Americans, that affect Americans' lives, like the fentanyl that's killing our children 30 minutes north here in Kyle, Texas. Those are the issues. That's where we need to be talking about. That's where we need to make sure we continue to bring that stuff up. Uh, thank you, Witty. I appreciate your telephone call this morning. Let's go to Celeste. You're on KTSA. We try to go right ahead, Celeste. Uh, good morning, sir. Off, off topic a bit, but just uh, encouraging your listeners, those who are parents, especially of like the middle school and the high school level, maybe just inquire of your child's teacher, what are the roster sizes? Because as a substitute, I- I'm seeing class sizes like in the 30s. Oh, yeah. So just, just, well, just well, that's, that that's, that's, the, that's the illegal that's alien children that's coming across the border, yeah, Celeste. I've talked about this many, many times. With the increase, and thank you for your call. Have a good weekend. With the increase of the numbers of illegal alien children, they're being absorbed into our classrooms. And now classrooms down in the border, three or four times as large as they were this time last year. Three or four times. How about being a teacher in that mess? And, and, and most of them, very, very few of them speak any English at all, at all. Brad, go right ahead. You're on KTSA with Trey. Happy Friday, Brad. Happy Friday, Trey. You know, it's weird because the government, before they'll approve the release of any kind of new drug, they want to test it, and if there's any chance it could potentially do harm, well, no, we need to keep this off the market. There's a chance that could hurt uh, the innocent consumer, and yet we get prisoners and uh, parolees like this guy that was Oh, did we lose Brad? Who vetted him? Who decided that that guy was safe to be released? And I remember a couple of years back, Mike Huckabee had pardoned a man that later on went out to Washington State and killed like two or three police officers. Yeah. Snuck up and shot him. Right. And he was hoisted and, and whiplashed and everything. Right. But you never hear that about anybody else who par- paroles or pardons a criminal that later on goes out and does a heinous crime like what we saw in Memphis. And, Brad, you're absolutely right. And the reason for that, I've talked about it before. I talked about it earlier this week. That's the double standard that exists out there. If a Democrat, liberal Democrat, releases, and Steve's right, they're evil. If they release these individuals, those individuals go out and commit these crimes, well, then that's okay as far as ABC, CNN, and, a- and CBS and all them are concerned. That's fine. They don't, they don't have a problem with that. But if a Republican does it, they will. They'll horsewhip that Republican. They'll string him up, you know, all that kind of stuff. Back in just a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, what you going to do? Hmm? It's Friday. You going to get down. What you going to do? That's what you going to do. You going to get down? Tell me. Oh, what you going to do? Funky Friday. You wanna get down? Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. 
are they? They're still touring, aren't they? Cool in the gang, yeah. They're still out doing their thing. I thought sure. they were running around the country, yeah. stirring it up a little bit, a little celebration, a little get down on it, and yeah. cherish, cherish, cool. cherish. Cool, still there, but the gang is all the new. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of, kind of like the village people. That, yeah, you know, exactly. The, the cop is the same. Everybody else is different. Everybody else is different. <laughs> Everybody else retired. They got a new Indian back there, man. Can't call him that. <laughs> no, <laughs> chief, big chief. You know. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I'm looking forward to tonight. I got Jimmy. Can you find some funk from my boy for tonight? What do you uh, have going on? What do I have going on? What do you mean? What do I have well, going I'm, on? I'm curious. I've as only to been what talking about it all for six years now. Pit Bull is tonight, baby. Pit Bull. Yeah, Mister Three O Five. I didn't know Mr. you had. I didn't know you had a pet dog. So. <laughs> no, I don't have a corgi. No. Uh, so, no, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun, man, tonight over at the AT&T Center. And, yeah, he's got a little funk to him as well. You know? A little bit. You yeah. get a little Sasha with him and Sean Paul. I-, I thought they were coming. turns out they're not. I thought they so were it's on just the Pitbull up. going to be there by himself. Pit, Pit and somebody else that I can't say. I can't say the name. I have no idea who they are. Yeah. But, anyway, looking forward to tonight. Bull Mastiff. <laughs> That's right. Bull Poodle. Mastiff. Yeah, Poodle. Poodle. The French rapper <laughs> opening for Pitbull. <laughs> with curly hair. Yep. Uh-oh, what's this? It sounds like me, doesn't it? Sounds like something I would enjoy. This Willie Nelson lover. Yeah. This lover of outlaw country music. There you go. (laughs) Something you listen to. I don't know what happened, man. Nancy and I were on vacation about 10 years ago, and we were at a disco dancing, and he came on. With uh, one, two, three, four, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. And I just, we were like, that was it, man. It's time to listen to this cat. And yeah. he's just good. I and like him. You've since become a fan. Yes, big time. So yes. that's tonight. Looking forward to it. Don't call me. There we go. When There's one right for you. One of your guilty pleasures. Yeah. You know the roof on fire. We can boogie, hoogie, hoogie, jiggle, wiggle, and dance. Like the roof on fire. I don't know where it's going. What's happening to it? Get that eight-track tape effect going on. <laughs> that eight-track that's been on the dashboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the South Texas sun. Yep. There we go. I'm a fireball. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but this is a, this is a cover of a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, really. <laughs> Recorded by Frank Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. I'm a fireball. Yeah. Perfect. Love right. it. It was the flip side of Positive and Fourth Street back in 1965. Well, wow. I'm a lot fired. Of people don't know. I am excited. I, oh, good. I'll give I'm you glad a full for report you. on Monday. It ought to be Take fun. some pictures and video and share with us so we can all see. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no face, no case, no evidence, baby. Oh. <laughs> Got to be that kind of uh uh-uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, that right. stuff. Trey Ware. That's right. You got that right. Super free. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's 643 at KTSA. Um, you know, when we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to get back on these uh, very important issues about Red November. Because the news today, and I, and I really am going to focus it toward that, you know, as we head toward November, is the reasons why a change has to be made in November. Like... Zero percent mortgages hitting Main Street in black and Hispanic communities. In uh, California now, and it happened here in Texas, and I don't know if Don got one, but in California the people are a little upset because they're getting in their Teslas and they're finding messages saying, don't charge your car, don't charge your car, as a message on the dashboard of the car. In Switzerland... They're going to t- put people in jail who turn the heat above 66 degrees in winter. What does that have to do with us? Well, because that's that's coming here. And then, of course, the whole thing about the trans and the gay thing and all that, that a, a nonprofit has been partnering with the uh, American Federation of Teachers to put out books with sex imagery for children. These are just a few of the reasons that we have to make a change in November. I'm going to get into these stories a little bit more and these issues a little bit more when we come back. Trey Ware, KTSA. Dale. 
651 KTSA. All right, let's talk about these issues that concern us for a hunt for Red November. Don't don't let the media out there take your attention off the issues. That's that's number one. Keep focused on what the issues are. And number two, tell everybody, because I'm telling you, the Democrats don't know this. The people you're working with, you know, you're standing around a coffee pot with and having a donut on a Friday morning with, they don't know this stuff. Because ABC's not telling it to them. ABC's lying to them. CNN's lying to them, CBS lying to them, and now Fox is doing a fair amount of lying themselves. But you're going to get the truth right here. You're going to get it from me. You're going to get it from Sean Rima. You're going to get it from Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. You're going to get it from Jack Riccardi. So stay here. 800 migrants crossing the Texas border town in three hours yesterday. 800. Last weekend alone, we had 6,000 in one border town, guys. One place. And yes, Karine Jean-Pierre, they're walking across. Walking across. And, and, and as our governor is shipping them off to different cities now that we're saying those cities were calling themselves sanctuary cities until the illegal immigrants began to arrive. And now Mario Bowser up in Washington, D.C. has declared a state of emergency. We have, oh, my God, we have 11,000 of these people here. <laughs> it's like, you know, she wants to throw up over having 11,000 illegal immigrants there. Hey, try 200,000 a month, baby doll. Try 200000 a month, sweetheart. That's what we got. That's what we're dealing with. And then she's got a councilwoman there in D.C., Brianne Nadeau. She is a huge supporter of pro-sanctuary city policies, and she's also anti-ICE. The governors of Texas and Arizona have created this crisis, and the federal government has not stepped up to assist the District of Columbia. We, along with our regional partners, will do what we've always done. We will rise to the occasion. But she went on and on. She has puked out for the last four years how welcoming they are in D.C. is a sanctuary city. We will keep our doors open, blah, 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 until reality hits them square in the face. They don't want anything to do with it. And now you've got 0% mortgages for blacks and Hispanics hitting inner cities all across America from Bank of America and other banks, J.P. Morgan Chase and those others. First of all, that's racism. 0% interest on a mortgage, on a home mortgage. No closing costs, no down payment, 0% interest. Number one, that's racism. Number two, does anybody, anybody out there remember 2008, 2009? Get ready, because you're causing another housing crisis right there. Then in California, you got the governor out there banning gas-powered cars, and then just a couple of days later, you've got the situation where they can't charge their electric cars, and now they're getting notices on the dashboard saying, don't charge your car, don't charge your car. The next step, folks, mark my words. The next step, they're going to be turning off the electric cars. You won't even be able to start the engine and go anywhere. It's coming. It's coming. You got a nonprofit organization called First Book that has partnered with Disney, the American Federation of Teachers, and other entities to provide free and heavily discounted books to low income schools and teachers filled with sex imagery in these books. Let me just go through a couple of them for you, okay? Fred gets dressed, uh, specifically targeted ages four through six. Fred decides to dress up in his mom's closet. That's right, Fred is a boy, but Fred's in mom's closet, and then the whole family's in there. Fred then runs around the house naked, and he prefers to be naked, but then he likes to wear mommy's dresses. And the whole family does, including dad. Flamer is another book. A graphic novel contains sexually charged topics and imagery. The characters discuss <clears throat> the genitalia of boys and how it all works and everything. Who is RuPaul? It's uh, ages 7 to 9 about the drag queen reality TV star RuPaul. Talked about how a drag queen is most commonly a man who dresses up and performs as a woman, and we're all the same, and we're all just putting on a performance. How to Dress as a Drag Queen is also in there. Aristotle and Dante dive into the waters of the world. Aristotle and Dante, about two teenage boys who fall in love. Many, if not most of the pages, discuss having sex, planning to have sex, sexual pleasure, sexual desire between two boys. The pronoun book for children zero through three. Well, you know what this is about. Gi, zi, zha, ju, they, da, do. Neo-pronouns. Then the book Julian is a Mermaid. 
authored by Jessica Love, describing a boy who wants to be a mermaid swimming in water. Oh, how nice. Teaching children about transgender and cisgender identities. All of this, including, I'm going to be graphic here, including cutting the breast off of young girls and cutting the genitalia off of young boys to alter their cosmetic appearance. You're not altering their gender is approved and backed by Joe Biden and the evil Democrats in the House and the Senate. And then, of course, I have the story for you this morning. The school district up in uh, Hayes County, Consolidated Independent School District, now they have lost at least seven of their students to fentanyl poisoning from fentanyl coming across our open borders, opened up by Joe Biden and the evil Democrats. Sure, Mar-a-Lago is a very important thing to talk about because we've got more news on that today and what they've been doing to Trump and more evidence that they went down there to collect documents that would implicate them, the FBI and people in, in higher office, and put them in prison. That's why they went there, to get those documents out of Trump's hands before he could publish them. We have more talking. We have the, the president, former president talking about that. We'll get into that. That's fine to talk about. That's, that's good news to talk about. I mean, interesting news to talk about. We have the Queen. Talk about the Queen a little bit. And we're going to do that on Where and Rima coming up. I've talked about her today. And a very interesting point about today concerning the Queen and and Great Britain and England. We'll talk about that. But do not take your eye off the ball. And make sure you're an evangelist. You've got to be out there. And it's a coffee pot this morning. You've got to be telling people, man. It's the economy. It's inflation. It's every time you go to buy a burger these days, you're paying 15 bucks for a burger. It's the Biden-engineered energy crisis, and just this week he took another 58,000 acres offline that were producing oil. It's opening the borders. It's a soaring crime. It's guys driving through Memphis, Tennessee, randomly shooting people. It's rampant drug deaths like these teenagers this week, a 15-year-old at Kyle. It's working Americans, you and me, staring at red brake lights, paying for loans for wealthy Democrat, connected Democrat loan uh, you know, donors. We're less safe. We're less prosperous. We're less free under Biden and the radical Democrats. They're evil. They are evil people, and this is what they're doing to our country. And those are the issues. Back in a minute with Warren Rima, KTSA.